got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to ZorkCast. I have John with me today of WheelchairTravel.org, and this is a super fun episode, well, at least to me it is, where we're going to talk about John's first experience playing uh, Punto Banco, or as we call it in the United States, Baccarat. And it makes me pretty proud because I got him away from roulette, at least for a little while. So, John, welcome. Hi, Michael. So let's just dive into this. We've been talking about playing Baccarat for a while and you decided to take the plunge. I guess we need to give a little bit of background. We decided to visit Caesars Cairo, which is at the Four Seasons Hotel. There are two Four Seasons Hotels in Cairo. This is the Four Seasons Hotel first residence. Casinos in Cairo are only for foreigners and they operate exclusively in US dollars. So it feels very much so, at least with currency, like you're playing at a casino in the United States. The casinos for table games have a lot of roulette. This casino, unfortunately, the roulette was American roulette, which I find to be a little bit unusual outside of the United States. In other words, it had uh, zero and double zero. They had blackjack. They had one or two of the carnival games, which I don't think anyone was playing. And they had baccarat and a selection of slot machines and also some decent video poker so john what was your first impression of i thought it was actually a lovely space where this casino was it was in a lovely hotel yeah i thought that it was uh very uh intimate and you know obviously a, a fantastic setting everything was clean and looked brand new the staff were very friendly we, I think, were members 2040 and 2041, so I think it was a great place to interact with a new game for the first time. Yeah, even though it is a Caesars Casino owned by Caesars, it is Caesars Egypt. It's actually uh, Caesars Entertainment Egypt, and they have three casinos, but there is no relationship as far as cards or card status to the Caesars Caesars Rewards program in the United States. It's a completely separate program, similar to the way that that Caesars Rewards is separate in the UK, except the UK Caesars Rewards program does allow you to remove rewards points between the UK and the US programs. And they also do a little bit of status matching. So they're a little bit more integrated, but the Cairo program, they know nothing about the US program. It's as if it's as if it's a totally different company. Would you is that a good way to say it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I saw that there was a Baccarat game. Baccarat at Caesars Cairo. It's a $25 minimum table, which is uh, decent for a game where you can uh, squeeze or touch cards. Uh, maximum bet is $5,000. The maximum tie bet is $625. 
and they also have the URWay Egalite bet where you can bet on specific ties, such as a, I guess it's like a betting that a 2-2 tie will come out, and I think a 2-2 tie pays 225 to 1. I believe they limit the max bet on the URWay Egalite to 100 or $150 max bet. So the the betting levels at the Cairo Casino are pretty normal, a 25 to 5,000 game, I would call it. Blackjack was very, very odd. I took a look at Blackjack. Blackjack was a $10 to $200 max bet game, which seems quite unusual for a posh casino. Blackjack also had a couple of crazy side bets that I had never seen before. It seemed like most of the players were playing, you know, $10, $20, $30, and then a bunch of money, you know, another $10 or $20 on the side bets. That seemed to be the draw to the Blackjack game. I cannot understand why the max bet is so low. My only thought is that they have no ability to protect their games. So they are just afraid of card counters and their way of dealing with card counters at Blackjack is just to make the max bet $200. So it's no advantage really for card counters. That's all I could That's all I could think of. But anyhow, I roped John into playing Baccarab. They opened the table for us. I originally thought we were going to get a typical squeeze game. In a typical squeeze game, depending on whether you're betting on player or banker, you get to face the pair of cards for the hand that you're betting on, usually the high player at the table. So the person with the high bet for bank faces the bank hand. The person with the high bet for player faces the player hand. The dealer deals the cards from the shoe, handing those two cards to the player. But this was a little different, right? Which I, I guess you didn't realize at first, but was really confusing me, right, John? Yeah, I mean, it was all new to me. And so I initially thought, well, you know, what I'm seeing here is how it's going to be done in Vegas. And so, yeah, I'm going to maybe be in the store uh, for some surprises when I do uh, get to playing elsewhere. Yeah. So what they allow you to do, which I have not done since they closed uh, Big Baccarat at Borgata in March of 2017, is they actually will allow you to deal the cards from the shoe. So the players can deal the cards. And as long as you keep dealing a winning bank hand, you keep the shoe. As soon as you lose a hand, in other words, player comes up, then you can pass the shoe to the next player at the table if you so desire. That's all pretty normal. What's very odd is usually when you have the shoe, you would take a card. First card is for the player. Second card is for the bank. Third card is for the player. Fourth card is for the bank. And it's just banker. And remember, you could bet on banker player in Baccarat, whether you're dealing or not. It, it doesn't matter. Then usually those two cards for the player are handed to the person with the high player hand, and he faces those cards. Or the dealer would face them if there is nobody on player. And then you have your two cards tucked under the shoe, and then you face your two cards together. It's just the way it's always done. Well, in Cairo... You have to individually face each card. So you pull the first card out of the shoe, and that's a player card. That card has to be faced. Then you pull the next card out of the shoe. That's a banker card. That card has to be faced. So it's very strange. You basically are looking at one of the player cards being faced and one of the banker cards being faced. 
and then you face the next player card. It's just a very odd way to play Baccarat for anyone who's for anyone who's played any form of Baccarat before. It's very strange. I mentioned it to them and they said that's the way we do it in Egypt. The other thing that's interesting about it is they do use eight decks. They do shuffle and wash the cards, but they do not replace the cards from shoe to shoe, which is unusual. Most games in which the players can touch the cards and face the cards, they dispose of the cards after a shoe. It's proper game protection because people have been touching the cards. You don't know if they could be marked or something could happen. Usually in Baccarat, you could be rather aggressive with the cards. Did this shock you, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I watched you uh, destroy a few queens and I was like, that's not how you treat royalty, Michael. <laughs> yes, exactly. I realized soon after that that they were in shock that I sort of mangled the cards and I didn't destroy them that bad. I really just crunched them aggressively. I did not rip any cards in half like I've seen players do before. And I realized that that was an issue for them because they reused the cards. So what they did is they took the two cards that I mangled and they got two new decks and they replaced just those two cards to put into the drop box with used cards. So it was interesting. From that point on, I never mangled another card. But back to Baccarat. So you, you enjoyed this sort of like slow, methodical experience of of the game, John. I'm really interested in what your impression was for someone who's never played any form of Baccarat before. Well, I think that I, I enjoyed it so much because I was able to feel involved in the game. You know, obviously I'm uh, looking at what's being dealt and calculating the value that's in front of me on the table. And there are multiple cards drawn or shown, uh, on each hand and so there are things that I'm looking for. So I, I think that I felt very involved even though I didn't have to actually do much or anything at all. Uh, and this was a you know a great contrast to some games that maybe require a more a higher level of mental awareness, perhaps, if that makes any sense. Baccarat is a great drinking game. And another thing we should uh we should mention is that hard liquor is taxed heavily in Egypt. It's about 200%. They were fine with the cocktails. I, nothing was ultra premium, but I think you were having Johnny Black and I was having Grey Goose and I was having a VSOP cognac. They also comp all of the food in the casino, which comes from the Four Seasons. So it was a really nice experience. They comp, I believe they comp cigarettes and cigars. This casino is and this is really sort of notable. So the casino is 100% smoking. They allow smoking everywhere in the casino, but it is a relatively new hotel that was built within the last 10 years. And the ventilation is fantastic for a casino, which wasn't that crowded, but in which a lot of people were smoking. You really didn't smell the smoke at all, which I thought was interesting. You would agree with that, right? It was sort of an interesting phenomenon. Absolutely. As far as I you was know, concerned. I felt as though I was breathing fresh air constantly. It was amazing. The ventilation system just sucked all of the smoke right out and pretty quickly. So yeah, I think it was a fantastic experience. And like you said, with all the comp drinks, uh, we were very comfortable and never left thirsty during our gameplay. Food was great also from the Four Seasons. Truly an impressive experience. 
Absolutely. And of course, you convinced me to get over my fear of having ice in Egypt, because I was thinking back to many years ago when I was there, and I never used ice in Egypt, even when I was at the major hotels. But I, I got over that quickly, and it was no issue, just because water quality in Egypt used to be an issue. I, I actually think it isn't an issue anymore. A couple other interesting observations is that I did tell John that he should stick to just betting the banker and the player. Oh, this was a modified Baccarat. This was a modified rule-based Baccarat where they modified one of the hands for banker that paid 50%. Was it a banker? Was it a banker five or a banker six? Uh, it was, it was that? a banker that six where if the banker won it six, uh, it would be a half pay. Right. And I looked that up. It's just slightly worse than regular Baccarat with the 5% commission and the regular rules. So it's it's actually it's actually a fine game. It it makes the game move a little bit faster because they don't have to tally the commission. That's something you'll notice probably when you play in Boston or in you see her do you hear me say that when you play in Boston <laughs> or when you play in uh in Las Vegas. But I did tell John, you should stick to the banker and the player because it's about a 1% house edge, much better. It's a little bit over 1% house edge, much better than roulette, even single zero roulette with own pre-zone rules. But you should stay away from the tie bet. Never bet the tie bet, okay? So I told him how he should. Now, that doesn't mean that I necessarily follow all those rules. And I think John got to see the first time in his life and the only time in his life he will see a shoe that had 14 ties. <laughs> it was amazing. I felt very much a loser because I was not betting ties, so <laughs> maybe that was bad advice in the moment. But then, you know, the, we, we, we had ordered some food, I think, on our last night there, and you went over when it arrived, and I stayed at the table for maybe 15 minutes longer, and I did bet a tie, which I hit, so an eight to one payout uh, was was quite nice. Yes, and another, a couple of interesting things to, to also mention here. The minimum on the tie bet is also $25. So even though it's a $25 table, that's what I call London rules. So in the United States, even if a table is a $25 table, they will allow a smaller minimum bet on the tie as long as you're betting the minimum table on the banker or player. So tie bets are quite substantial here. So that's another reason why, you know, I was sort of warning John not to bet the tie because it's got this 14% house edge and also because you can't put $5 on the tie. Of course, at the other end of that, if you happen to get lucky and win the tie, you are winning quite substantial amounts of money because you don't just have a few bucks on the tie bet. And I left the table, I think, shortly after I hit 11 in a row on player. And I rode that streak from the first player bet. And I sort of felt I was done. I think I did a few more bets and then I and then I just had to get away from the table because I was satisfied with the outcome. I think that was how it went. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was an incredible run. And, you know, I think during that period, I was being a little obstinate and trying to be uh, stubborn on the banker, but I eventually came over to the player's side, fortunately. Yeah, well, you know, my thing on Baccarat is, is follow the streaks. The math does not support that. I mean, Baccarat is really very close to a 50-50 game, but you know what? That's how I play it. That's how I enjoy enjoy playing it. I don't enjoy betting against 
betting against streaks at Baccarat, even though it's not supported by the math. That's my jam. So uh, that's how I, it also keeps me from going crazy because I, I have my routine. But it, it was really, really enjoyable. John was it was just fabulous. Overall, it was what I would call a casino experience that was a really all around really positive and nice casino experience. Great environment, felt safe, felt comfortable, US dollars. And also easily, you can get easily get a hold of US dollars. You can convert, I think almost whatever you want, you just give your, you can give a credit card and they charge, what was it? A flat 1.1% charge. And it does not show up as a cash advance and it's processed in US dollars, correct? That's correct. And so I, I have, uh, I have confirmed that as long as you have a card that doesn't charge a foreign transaction fee, uh, it'll post uh, as travel and entertainment. Uh, so that was fantastic. A 1.1% charge, uh, which is uh, very minimal there. I think there are some ways to maybe uh, use that to your advantage. Yeah, I don't even know if the foreign transaction fee comes into play because they're actually charging in US dollars and they're not doing a conversion. That's an interesting point, right? Because we literally, when you went to get cash from the cage, they're like, how much do you want? And you say, I want $1,000. And they give you the terminal. The terminal says a thousand dollars, doesn't it? It yeah, doesn't. Th- it doesn't say the equivalent of Egyptian pounds. A thousand, pounds. Yeah. A thousand it's US interesting. dollars, but it was a thousand and eleven dollars in that case. Uh, uh, after the one point one percent fee, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I there's really, I guess, no way for me to check it other than putting a cart with a transaction fee in there. Yeah, but the good thing about it, yeah, and most U.S. cards, most good U.S. cards, the vast majority don't have a foreign transaction fee, but it's an interesting thing to keep in mind. Well, we've definitely run over, but I, John, thanks for sharing your experience. I don't get to talk a lot about Baccarat, and I'm looking forward to our next Baccarat experience, which hopefully will be in a few weeks, and we'll get to play again. Absolutely, Michael. Well, thank you for sharing Baccarat with me, and I look forward to seeing you in Boston uh, for your birthday. Yes, and the opening of Encore Boston. Anyway, John, remind everybody where they can find you, just so our listeners know where they can follow you on all of your amazing travels. Yeah, wheelchairtravel.org. That is a web address. So go there, check it out, and love if you followed me. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.